0: every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today I have on guest Shanice Miller. Shanice is a business productivity consultant specializing in project management who helps clients ranging from small startups to multi-million dollar businesses save hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars. Her passion for identifying and solving inefficiencies began when she sold her first business, an educational consultancy that had been recognized in Forbes and BET at a less than premium price point because she didn't have her systems and processes streamlined and documented. Over the last 10 years, Shanice has used her ability to identify operational efficiencies and created solutions to not only help save her clients' businesses and hairlines, but to also fall in love with them again. Shanice and I are talking all about systems and processes and how they really impact your hiring and onboarding, how they help you learn to delegate and how they are something that you need, even basic ones when you first started, and then how you can grow them and improve them as things change within your business. Because your systems and processes will change. There's so much in this conversation that I hope you'll be taking notes on because Shanice shared so many nuggets of wisdom. So let's jump into the conversation so you can learn about how systems and processes not only impact your hiring ability, but your ability to retain and have top performing team members. Hi, Shanice. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast.
1: Hi, Jamie. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thanks for having me. I got to peek inside your hiring checklist. It's such an awesome resource. And I love how your last step is onboard, train, and love your new hire. I just love that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's such an important step that most people forget. They're like, I made that offer. I got my new team member and now they're going to be a perfect hire and a perfect person. And I'm just like, You got to onboard them you've got to train them yeah we're
1: not unicorns (laughs) right no one is
0: (laughs) yes exactly all right but before we jump deep into the conversation today Shanice can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself
1: definitely so hi listeners I am Shanice Miller I am the owner of Tassley Group, so I started off with a completely messy business. I had no systems in place, and after going through the whole process of selling my business because I was so burnt out, I decided to, well, I noticed that systems were the key, and I decided to open up Tassley Group. And so Tassley Group is where I help business owners looking to grow their teams and have more free time, just like you, who have no or messy systems to organize and streamline their new hire and onboarding process.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's probably something that most people are relating to right now. We don't start with systems. And I don't know, my opinion is a lot of times you can't really start with systems because you don't know your processes and you you want to make sure your systems fit your process that's actually going to work versus creating process around a system that might not be best for you. But then when sometimes we get into these habits that we're not used to using systems, so we just never do. And we create work that's harder for us and takes more time and it's just more stressful.
1: So I think that's, you bring up a good point. It's like the chicken or the egg. Do I create some systems first and then have to change them up later? Or do I just work with, you know, just kind of do it and try to flush it out. But then by that time, I'm too busy to even think about putting in systems. So I always say like a little nice framework or baseline in the systems is a good start. Just have like those foundations like, okay, um, even if you got like a free program or a Google doc, you're just writing out like this, the basic steps of, All right. I'm going to write a job description. I'm going to make a brain dump of what I need this person to do, and I'm going to maybe list some of the tasks that I do daily, and just have that, you know, have that in a document somewhere so that you can reference it and then add to it as you go along.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great tip and everything because there's sometimes when I'm working with business owners and we're really trying to figure out who that hire should be, what tasks they should really get off their plate because they really just know that they need to separate their role out into at least two roles or multiple roles and they're trying to figure out what is the best thing to get off and their plate. And it's like, well, what do you do? Where do we even start? And they kind of look at me and they're like, I just do whatever needs to get done. And it's so having at least that list of here's what I do, or here's what I do for client work that I do A, B, C. It's really, it's really important to have because it also helps, it helps you learn what you can delegate within the process because you're already starting to think about them as separate tasks and not that this is just one big thing that needs to get done.
1: Yes, I experienced that same thing as well. And that's what prevented that's what led to my overwhelm, which was that like, oh, I just need to get everything done and I need to pass this on to someone else so they can just do all the things that I did. But (laughs) that's not the right way of going at it and really thinking about it. And I find that most people that I work with, they're in the same boat. They really love what they do. They know they want to hire in order to maximize their time, um, but they're concerned. They'll think no one can do it as well as they can. Or, you know, what do I tell this person to do? Or this person should just know instinctively how to do these things because I'm hiring for that position. And, you know, that's just not true. We do need to love on our new hires. We need to give them an onboarding process.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. There is one of the things you said there is no one's going to do it just like me and i'll say it, that's 100% true no one's going to do it just like you but someone could potentially do it better <laughs> like and that's one of the things we have to realize is j- the way we've been doing it's not always the best way it's a way and and then i when it goes into that onboarding and training thing process part is really understanding what's important because instead of and i want to get your opinion on this i'm always sit there and say you have to know what's important and what's not important so you train on what's important and then let other people help improve process and bring their own style of things because once again your way is not the only way and have that little bit of flexibility in there
1: so i agree with that um 100 percent. especially when you said that sometimes people can do it better than you can but I also work with clients to show them how to really map out their processes so that someone can do the same steps that they're doing as well. So I actually had a consultant client and she had those very concerns, like no one can do it as great as I can. I don't want to mess up with, you know, my clients. I don't want them to be upset with me. They did not have the same quality of work. Um, And she had a very successful business, but she didn't have really any systems in place and was doing everything herself. Um, But when we really did my three-step framework process where we define, we design, and we do, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, um, but it showed her how we could really map out her process um, so that she could make kind of like a checklist or we always put it into a project management tool um, so that someone else can follow it and make sure that they are giving that client the same major deliverables, those same things that she really says that... Um, a client will need in order to be successful for the job.
0: Yes. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. And I really want to hear about more about your three steps and everything. So let's get into that. But before that, it is one of those things like when you're trying to figure out what I always like tell people what's important, what's not important is when you to figure out what's important, it's thinking about why do things have to be done this way? And a lot of times it is because client expectations, this is what you promise your clients or in certain industries Safety reasons, compliance reasons. There's things where it, there really is that reason, and client expectation is a big reason. But sometimes, like I say, if all you can think of is because I said so for the reason, that's where that flexibility can come in. And it's like, okay, it really doesn't, this doesn't impact that client experience. So have a little bit of the flexibility. But these other things that impact the client experience, yes, you need to have your process down. You need to be able to communicate it and everything so that way the client gets what they want and need. So tell me more about the three steps and everything that you bring your clients through.
1: Yeah, so we start every client with our three-step framework Um, where we define, design, and do. And this is something we cover more in depth in my three steps to automate your hiring mini training. And your listeners can find that at www.tasleygroup.com slash GYT, which stands for grow your team. Um, So what we start off with the define stage is First, we start off by defining your goals and your purpose, just like you were talking about earlier, that you need to have a reason why you're doing this. Like, what does the client need? And not just because you said so, but because you're trying to help that client to reach their goals. So we need a destination to get to when we set up or improve systems. And this step is super important. Um, then the next step is the design step. And that's where we are going to really strategize. We're going to really think and write out the tasks, the daily activities that need to be done and accomplished in order to accomplish your defined goals. Um, So usually this is when we're breaking down these daily activities. A lot of my clients will notice that there are some duties that they're doing that can either be automated, eliminated, or even delegated to someone else because they're doing these tasks. Um, themselves, and they realize it's not the best use of their time. So this is a very important step, this design step of where you're really saying, okay, can I do this? Can I pass this off to someone else? Um, I'm really mapping out what it is that I need to have done. And that's where that clarity comes in and it helps you with that higher
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. You really need that clarity in order to get the perfect hire. You need to know what are they doing. And, and I, cause I see that all the time when people come to me and they're like, oh, I hired someone and it didn't work out. It's like, okay, well, what was the role? Well, we were just kind of figuring out as we went along. And it's like, no, you need to know what you're hiring for. Otherwise you're, you could be hiring someone that's amazing, mm-hmm. but not good at what you need.
1: Amazing, but not for that role.
0: Yeah, I would say they're good at what they do, but they're not right for you.
1: Yes, definitely. And when you are mapping those things out, you can really see what's done daily. You can see that you are asking the same questions, you're doing the same things, and you're having that new hire to ask the same questions, do the same thing. And that's letting you know if their responsibilities and their qualifications match what you're looking for.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, it's such an important step that you need to go into before hiring. And then of course, it circles back when you're coming to the onboarding and training portion of it. Yeah. But one of the things that I feel is like when people are going through this, they're creating that list and there's still there's still that mindset block. There's that block of no one's going to do as well as I, ha- I do. I have this knowledge. I have the experience. So do you have any tips for people that might be stuck there?
1: Yeah, definitely. So that was part of the design process that we talk about with that no one can do as well as I can. Uh, Clients will always say that. And then when we're really mapping out, we're really providing some training to the new hires. They see that they are asking the same questions each time that they are doing the same. um, You know, if you have something, some graphic work, you're kind of having a pattern that you're doing, you're copying, pasting, or you're looking at certain websites each time. And you can really show someone the steps that you're doing. You can walk them through your mindset, your thought process for doing these activities, and you can make that a part of the onboarding new training so the person can start to get up to speed on things. And then also part of our do, our third step of the framework is when we implement. So when we're implementing into the project management software, we can add in a step there for you to review. So you to review that hire's work Um, before it gets sent out to the client so that you can give them some feedback. You can uh, kind of expand upon where they can improve. Um, We all need some improvement sometimes, but that extra step of that implementation is where um, people can kind of start to relax and say, okay, I can can let this go.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love all that. Oh, so many great things that you just said there. Uh, Some of the things that really stood out to me that align very much with where we take our clients through is with the training is just the understanding that not everybody's going to get it right the first time. And it kind of comes back to that those like expectations you have, like why is this important? And helping people see, okay, this isn't right. It needs to be like this. Here's why it needs to be like this. Once again coming back to that client expectation or that safety compliance thing or whatever it is, that that reason why it has to be done that way other than once again because I said so. And it really helps kind of like helps them see the difference and why what they did is not right versus, you know, you just being picky about things. So I feel like that's important. And just remember, people are not going to get things right the first time all the time because they have different perspectives. They interpret what we say differently. You, you know, so you think you're clear they think you're clear, but what they were clear on and what you really meant is, are two different things. So just remember that and keep that in mind. And then I love the fact that you brought in with today are kind of that that review. You don't have to train and then just say, okay, I, I hope you're going to do it right. Let me cross my fingers. No, build in part of your training process, time where you're reviewing their work, you're making sure that they're understanding, and then, but you eventually get to the point where you have to say, okay, you're good. I can completely step out.
1: Yes. Yes. You said so many gems right there um, that I just don't know what else to add to it. it's so true, you know, we're so afraid, we're worried about things we're holding on so tightly. And that's why I added in that extra layer of quality assurance so that people can feel a little bit better with handing it off to someone else being able to get their eyeballs on it and still feel involved until you know that person is up to that level of quality that you would like. And also when you have that problem that process, if you're open enough, that person can give you a couple of tips of what they see as well to enhance your process even more.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's always the thing. And I think especially we need to be open to that as small businesses is updating processes, changing processes. We're small, we're nimble. We can make changes. It's not like we're in large, large corporations where it needs to go this chain of commands to get approval. And then touch a million different people in order for a change to happen and be implemented. Allow things to improve, allow things to get better. Because as we talked about at the very beginning, things don't start off perfect. They start off the way that we know to do things. And the way that we know to do things at first is not always the best way. It's not always the most efficient way. So allow that new perspective to come in and offer you tips of how we can improve.
1: I so agree with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Especially because when you think about it, most of the time that we're hiring, we want to hire someone who has experience, has skills, which means they've seen things. They've possibly done this exact same thing a different way. And they can know why it's more efficient to do it a different way, why you need to possibly use this system instead of the system that you're using, You know why an actual project management tool is better than Excel, and, and all those, those things. So listen to them. And also know that not everything that they suggest is going to work for your business, but I say have the discussions.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I also saw that empowering your new hires to have those discussions it takes a lot of time and responsibility off of you. It gives them that initiative to feel like, okay, they're trusting me with this side of their business. So I want to do a great job. I want to show this person that I can really take this to the next level versus when you are micromanaging, then that person kind of feels a little bit trapped. They keep asking you for every little thing to make sure that it's okay. But if you give your employees and you've hired them, you've gone through that process so you know that they're qualified, give them that room to really show you and to shine in that position. And they will take your business to the next level.
0: Yes. Yes. The, oh my gosh. I love all that. Like, cause we always think, what do people say? I want an employee who cares as much about my business as I do. We need to give people the opportunity to care about your business as much as you do. You know, you need to make them feel as Shanice, as you said, empowered. If we're constantly micromanaging and telling and dictating and like all this stuff, we don't empower our employees. So they're never going to care on that level. But when you open up those that trust and you give them those, those tasks that make it say, I care about your opinion. I trust you here. It's really going to help bring that connection, which also helps with retention. Not only are they going to produce great work, but they're going to be there longer And yeah, so that is so, so important.
1: Yes, and I'm sure some of your listeners are like, well, I'm a micromanager. How do I know this person's really doing their task?" In ClickUp, in certain other project management tools, you can actually set up a dashboard. It can show you where that person is in the process of that um, particular task. You can see like where they are without having to ask them directly. So you'll still get, get that visibility over your business. Um, be feel, feel a little bit more comfortable to hand that off to someone else and can still kind of check up on and micromanage the person without really micromanaging the person, giving them that free space to really do what they can do and to check on it afterwards.
0: Yes. I was actually just talking to somebody um, uh, about they're stepping into a new leadership role. This is someone that is in a corporate company that I was uh, having like kind of a mentorship conversation with. And we were talking specifically around some of those things where they need to get status updates and everything, but how do you do it where it doesn't feel like you're constantly interrupting your team? And they, before I brought it up, they're like, well, maybe we can figure out some way where they can, very a very basic kind of project management thing and where they can like just, say what the status is. And I'm just like, yes, those are things that you want. Things for as the leader, you can quickly see where things are, where things are held up instead of having to go ask, hey, did you complete this? Did you do this? Did you do that? So that's the beauty of a lot of project management tools is the fact that you can self-serve the information you need as the leader, not have your team feel like you're constantly on them about status updates, but you know, because of how things are flowing in that tool, what needs the attention? So you can go and say to a team member, hey, I see that this has been stuck in the status for a really long time. What support do you need? What's holding you back? How can I help you here? Versus every day, okay, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? What's going on with this? Have you done this yet? Have you done that yet? And Because that doesn't feel good.
1: I've experienced the same thing. I've uh, had clients at companies, and they'll have status meetings every every day for thirty minutes. And I'm like, we don't need to have a status meeting every day to tell for you to find out what the person did yesterday and what they're planning to do today you can have a task list for that person and they can move it along the sequence and tell you you can see automatically what's marked as complete or what's marked as stuck or what's marked as in progress and that way you don't you can go and reach out to a person to see hey i see that you know you might need a little bit extra help on here let me reach out to you and see just on that one-on-one and that saves business owners so much time, like think about those 30 minute meetings every day for a whole week. Now you and your whole team, you're spending 30 minutes per person. It ends up saving you 20 hours per week or more, uh, you know, out of your whole company, just in efficiency from having a project management tool where you can just look at the dashboard, pinpoint the people who might be stuck or who are, you know, getting a little bit slow on their tasks, talk to them one-on-one. And then, you know, some of the people who are going quickly, praise them, check their work and, you know, don't let them fall through the cracks either, but just let them know that you see what they're doing. You are valuing them as an employee. You know that they're doing good work. So that's why we don't have as many touch points in there.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. You save time by being able to self-serve the information yourself. And, you know, it's even, I know sometimes, When you transition to those systems and those processes, people have to learn and get into the habit of entering that information. And so one of the things I found when I was working with the company that we did implement some of those project management things and my team wasn't filling out the data, wasn't giving me what I need. It was helping them see what I was doing with the information. And once again, it's kind of going back to that we talked about before, like the why with everything. Why does this need to be done? How does this impact the client experience? And when I was able to show them how I was using that data that I was pulling from the system and what I was doing it from a leadership perspective, they understood the importance of it and they started filling out the information. And maybe there was the occasional thing where they were busy and it was an overlook that they didn't fill it out. But once I really started showing them how it positively impacted them for them to enter enter this information, we had really no problems.
1: Yes, and I'm so glad that you said that because so many people are like, just do it. Like you said, because I said, so just do it. But really as a person, do you really feel... Um, kind of valued if someone just tells you just do it because I said so like how many times do you do things begrudgingly because someone just said said so versus when someone tells you like this is how it's impacting us this is how it's impacting you you know you just take that extra time out to really explain to them like this can be a positive if you're doing this because now I don't we don't have to sit here and do a 30 minute. Check-in, you know, all of us working from home now, we barely want to get on the uh video chat. So if we can do one less meeting a day, how happy would that make you? Yeah. So
0: with that though, I know some people like having that, those frequent check-ins, especially in a remote environment, because it helps build the relationship. So if we're cutting down on those meetings, how do, do you have tips on how to make sure that we're still actually communicating with our team members and not just getting into this habit of? just doing the work?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times, and it really depends on the size of your business, a lot of tasks need talking or, you know, communications between the two, you know, different team members, things like that. So when we are setting up task list dashboards, we're setting up project management tools. We have areas and communication chat boxes where people can talk on the task directly about the tasks that they're on. They can chat to each other, or you can have like a Friday, um, happy hour virtual happy hour type of thing where people can just chat and have a you know good talk or you can leave certain things open like I said on the project management software there are so many different areas that you can put like a general chat box you can spark up conversations about books and things like that it just always depends on your personality and the personality and the culture that you want to create inside of your company.
0: Yes. Yes. And I love how you mentioned there, like that pretty much it's not a one size fits all. It depends on the personality of your team. And, um, yeah, just a quick little, uh, example story there is my husband, he's a software developer and most software developers are introverts. And they got this person who was leading one of their teams and one of their meetings, who is a true extrovert. And he was trying to do things to make, um, the more, I guess, talkative, I guess would be the best word in meetings. And what he was trying was actually kind of, they said it almost felt demoralizing. It made them like all want to like suck into their shells even more because the the person who was leading it wasn't actually caring about the personalities in the room. But as an extrovert, it was like, why don't you guys want to do this? Why don't you want to participate in this? And kept trying to like get them to participate in this thing that is introverts are like- oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. And so it is one of those things you really have to pay attention to who's in the room, who's on your team and lean into their personalities and how they want to interact together instead of forcing a type of interaction on them.
1: Yes. And I can just add to that where I'm an introvert as well. And I'll be around some people who are just like, let's have a meeting every day. And I'm like, no, that drains me. <laughs> so so are some people and especially certain introverts, they are like, let me just do my work. I'm most productive. And then we can kind of meet or catch up a certain time. But having meetings all the time or just throwing something on your schedule last minute, it really doesn't give you the time to really focus on your tasks, to make sure you're doing good work and to, to get the job done.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. All right. So before we wrap up today, I know we talked a lot about, you know, kind of making sure you're, you're clear on what you need to delegate. We talked a little bit about training, but I feel like Once again, like as we kind of talked about at the beginning, onboarding is one of those things that gets overlooked so much in small businesses. We're so excited to get someone in the door. We're so excited to get that help, to maybe not work as many hours, to be able to scale our businesses, that it's something that we just want to have done and not have to focus on. But it is such an important thing if you want your employees to do well in your business. So any other tips around maybe like the onboarding process that business owners should be mindful of?
1: Yeah, so I think that one thing with onboarding is to, well, a very easy trick is to record your screen and do like, not something that's super long. We don't need 20 minute videos, but something that's like a three minute video for each step that you're doing until you are fleshing out your processes and things like that. I've seen, you know, one of two ways. I've seen some people who really like to do the videos and have a video training and really talking and walking the person through so that now when the person's there, they don't have to set up a meeting and walk and talk them through. They can just say, hey, watch this quick video. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, let me know what was unclear, and then maybe you will re-record it and add that as well. There is another tool called Tango on Google Chrome where it can screen record your video and take the the screenshots of it and document it as well. So if you wanna add some of those training ideas You know, in a document, instead of doing a full video, it can screenshot certain areas in your screen and show the person giving them that walkthrough. But instead of a video, it has those screenshots.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I don't think I've ever heard of the tango you said it was?
1: Yes, tango. Okay.
0: To check that out. But yeah, one of the things like that, I love, love, love all those tips and going way, way, way back onto the podcast, all the way back to episode 11. Um, Amanda Evans came on to talk about how she really prepared for her team before she ever was at a position to hire. And that's kind of exactly what she did. She started recording herself going through her client work speaking out loud as she was doing it and it also because the way she was doing that it helped her write that list of tests that she does because sometimes we get so much in that mindset of just going through the flow of the process when we go to start writing it down we forget things so she recorded it talked herself through the process every little thing she was able to then figure out the process to hire but then also she had some of those videos that then she was able to use as part of the training that it was, and she says, you know, she's gone back and redone some of them and made them better, but it really helped with that initial training to have some of those videos. So it wasn't just like, you know, here's what we do, remember it all. It was like, she did the training and then also it's like, here's videos to support it where you can go back and see it. You can review those on your own. So yes, I feel like so much of that documentation is great. I do tell business owners though sometimes is don't worry about it being perfect the first time. Because as we talked about, some of your processes will change. You might realize you don't describe things the way other people need to hear it. So things will change. So don't worry about it being perfect. You don't need this perfect training library for your first hires, but having something to really support the training process and their learning process is so important.
1: Your processes definitely will change when you go from having something like three clients to having six clients. Now that's a different process. Or when you're going from, you know, making maybe a five figure a year to making over six figures. Those are different systems and different processes that you have to put in place. Those so systems are there, You will be, re, you know, review, revisiting them, revising those systems, improving and enhancing as you go along, as you're learning more about your business and what works, what doesn't work, taking certain things out, putting things in. So we do require or, you know, at least recommend a review, a systems review yearly.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Things change. And the other good thing about a systems review yearly is there's so many options out there in the market now and they're changing. One of the ones that I like to use, for example, is I use Calendly. I love it. But years ago, when I was looking for a scheduling system, Calendly, what they had in their system then, did not match what I was looking for and needed. So I went with somebody else. And then when I reached a point doing a review, I was just like, okay, I don't know if this system's really giving me everything that I need. Now where my business is, let me go look to see what else is there. I reviewed Calendly again, and I was just like, with everything they've added, I was like, this is what I need. And now I use it every day. I love it. It's a, it's the perfect system for where I am right now. But the, it wasn't at one point in time, but they changed. So it's one of those things that sometimes you even look back at systems where you said no to because they're, most systems are innovating and having new releases all the time.
1: And that's a really good example because we do see that and putting out the fact that places have new releases. So that means that they have to update their systems. Why shouldn't you have to update your systems as well?
0: Yes, exactly. So what are a few of your favorite systems?
1: I love ClickUp, I love Calendly as well. So those are two systems that I really can't live without. I'm not a big stickler on telling you know business owners, you need to have this particular system because certain things work for other people and we work with the systems that they have already in place or the systems that they might find that works best for them and then incorporates them. Systems are, well, software is really just a tool Um, for the systems but your systems can still be in place and there are different tools that you can use to implement that so the tool isn't really such a big deal but really having those that framework the systems the what you need to have your processes that's what's really most important
0: sounds good yes yes I'm a click-up lover as well over here but I know that there's some people that it's not the right tool for and I remember like one of my business friends uh, a while ago she was had bought it she was like having with her team and she goes we're just really struggling and I was just like then stop struggling with it go find something else and they did and they found something else that they loved it's you know so it's like
1: the the other one that they loved
0: I don't remember where they moved to but um you know but it was one of those things it's like if something's not working for you stop struggling with it and find something that works for you like just because I love it doesn't mean you have to love it (laughs)
1: Yeah. And sometimes it could just be the setup. So sometimes because a lot of these tools do the same thing and they have the similar views, but it's just if you know how to navigate it. So I don't know if someone did it for her or if she was trying to do it on her own, but she could definitely get that tool to look and act the same as an Asana or a Trello or any of those other tools are because um, ClickUp is such a versatile tool.
0: Yes, yes, it definitely is. All right, Janice, well, we need to start wrapping up for today. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you.
1: Okay, well, I've set up a special page just for your listeners. They can go to tasklygroup.com GYT, which stands for Growing Your Team. And that's where they can get my three steps to automate your hiring process mini training that I talked about before. And if your listeners are tired of DIYing, they want my zone of genius, they want my help with organizing and preparing their businesses, setting up their systems for their new hires and onboarding, they can book a call directly with me through that same link. And they can also connect with me on Instagram or IG. It's all on that same page, tassleygroup.com GYT.
0: Awesome. And of course, that link will be in the full show notes that you can find over on growingyourteam.com. All right. My last question that I love to ask all my guests, we have all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us, whether in our personal lives or in our professional lives. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share with us one thing about them.
1: So that's a great question. And I think this particular leader that I have in mind is what shape my mind about how i go about hiring and what we talked about earlier which was giving people that space to do their job well and looking at people as that expert um, and giving them that autonomy to do it so one manager that really stands out to me it's because he trusted me to do my job well and he gave me the autonomy to do so he made it seem like I was the one in charge of that department and I was more of a partner and a trusted advisor versus an employee with a boss. In that position, it really made me wanna make that department and in turn his business a success while limiting the amount of issues that he would have to resolve himself. So I kind of took the brunt on a lot of the feedback or kind of customer complaints and things like that. And I didn't even let that reach him because he made me feel so valuable. And he also gave some random occasional notes and praise that he was glad I was a part of his team. And so those things really made me wanna become a better employee for him to you know stay a while and not really think about like, oh, let's jump to another company that I'm valued more. I felt really valued at that company.
0: Yes. And it goes back to what we were talking about. You When you empower your employees, they actually care more. They want to stay. So it's so important to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast.
1: Thank you, Jamie. I love this.
0: Are you getting ready to hire and you wrote a job posting for your open position, but now you're left wondering, will it attract the right candidates? Hiring isn't as simple as telling people that you're hiring and having your perfect candidate show up ready to fill the role. Hiring just doesn't work that way, especially in the current market. The best candidates only apply to the positions that appear to be the right fit for them. If they don't find a connection between their job wants and your job posting, they'll skip over and go to the next opportunity. And in many cases, the reality is it's not the job isn't what they're looking for. It's not the job posting just didn't hit the mark. So is your job posting helping candidates see that your opening is right for them? Or is it turning candidates away for all the wrong reasons? Let's find out. I am currently offering Will Your Job Posting Attract the Right Candidates audit. Through this audit, I will review your job posting, and I will tell you what's working and what needs to change so you can attract your idea candidates. So if you want your job posting reviewed by an expert before it goes live, or if you have a job posting that just is not hitting the mark in the current market, sign up for an audit. Let's review it and make the changes needed so you can attract your perfect fit team member. Because remember, you can't hire a candidate who never applies for your job. And most candidates won't apply if they don't feel connected to the job posting. So let's make sure you have a job posting that will attract all the right candidates and help you make this hiring journey easier. Go to growingyourteam.com slash audit and sign up for your audit today. Once again, that's growingyourteam.com slash audit.